off our um, final Rise of Skywalker trailer reaction episode and um, trailer reaction week, I would say, because that's what yeah. a lot of the uh, <laughs> conversation has been about. And um, I find myself pulling up that trailer and watching it um, pretty frequently as well. So yeah, it's been kind of dominating things in a very good way for the last few days, but, um, but we're back and, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the trailer. Uh, we recorded that episode like minutes after it was posted. Um, Mm -hmm. and since then I've just, uh, you know, engaged in a lot of conversation about the trailer. I've listened to other shows talk about the trailer and, Mm -hmm. uh, inevitably there's just some, um, kind of interesting stuff that's popped up that we missed, I think. And then, um, also, just uh you know certain certain things we talked about i'm like oh well what if it's a little different than that you know so uh, i just thought it would be a a good idea to kind of revisit that here at the start of the show um and then there's some toys and comics news that we want to talk about as well as um comic con paris i guess was going on Mm -hmm. i did not realize that until the reveal started to uh, to happen. But yeah, Comic-Con Paris has been going on as well. So we'll talk a little bit about some of those things too. Um, yeah. All right. So let's just jump in and talk about some updated trailer thoughts um, for, that, uh, for that final trailer. Um, Ryan, <clears throat> first thing for me is I feel more and more like that shot of Ray jumping uh, across the chasm uh, or, you know, whatever it is there on that uh, jungle planet and then sort of landing on the, uh, the inside of the Star Destroyer or whatever it is. I feel more and more like that is actually what we're going to see in the movie and not just like clever editing in the trailer. Um, and I've heard... What makes you think that? Well, so I've heard other people uh, talking about that or, you know, seen other people talking about that a little bit as well. And... Um, it's just that I think, but I think the big thing is like the more I watch it, it just seems so seamless and smooth Mm -hmm. that it just feels weird that there would be two shots like that in the, in the movie where they would line up so well. Like it's, it's like perfect the way it lines up like that. And, and, and also it doesn't seem like a very movie trailer thing to do either. You know, like when, I, I don't know, I just, I can't really remember seeing something like that in a movie trailer where it was like well we have a character and she jumps so let's just do this real weird thing where you know she jumps from one place lands in another i mean it they certainly could you know it's not like it would be the strangest thing if they did but i don't know i just feel like it's some weird force stuff you know um the, the more i think about it and the more i hear other people kind of discuss it and stuff like that yeah um i think do you think it's like a force vision type thing or like an actual montage in the film or is she like jumping from 
planet to planet or like what's happening here uh i hope it's not that um (laughs) i hope it's not planet to planet um but no i i think like i mean it could be some kind of montage i suppose but uh if it is really what we're going to see on screen then i assume it's like a vision you know where i i guess she would be on that jungle planet but like feeling like or seeing her surroundings differently you know um i don't know uh it's just like uh yeah i i don't know exactly how to explain it or what they would be trying to do with it other than it's not quite reality you know so i i don't think she could actually i hope she couldn't travel from one place to another through the force like that (laughs) um but to to see herself there I don't know. And, and, and the thing about it is like, uh, well, I, I guess I don't want to say any more than <laughs> any more than that. Like I've read some speculation slash spoiler type stuff like a year ago that relates to force weirdness. And it was super, not, not vague, but it was like really weird and hard to understand like what it even meant. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, we're so far away from the movie and this seems like who knows what this even is, you know? And then, um, cause I don't really read spoilers, uh, at all. Like I don't search out that stuff. I don't go to the sites that, um, post that stuff really. So it's not like I'm out there looking for spoilers and I know really absolutely nothing about this movie, but like one of two or three things that I have seen <laughs> spoiler wise relates to yeah some kind of force weirdness as far as like force visions and stuff goes um but like it was so long ago when i read it you know what i mean and even then i was like yeah i'm gonna kind of take this with a grain of salt or whatever but uh but then i saw the cover of the art of the rise of skywalker and i was like well that's kind of weird because they don't really seem to be in the same place and why are they a reflection and it's like seems like some kind of force weirdness there right uh Mm -hmm. and then this kind of feels like some kind of force weirdness. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll just okay. say that. Well, but uh, you, you know what? Unrelated to the spoilery thing that I may or may not know or that may or may not have anything to do with this movie, uh, it, it, I don't think it's... I don't think it's the Death Star that she's on. I think it's that Star Destroyer on Jakku. And but she's totally wearing her Rise of Skywalker outfit, so mm-hmm. why they would want to place her back on that Death Star? I mean, on that Star Destroyer on Jakku, um, like in her mind or whatever, I don't know. But I feel like that's what it very well could be. And if that's the case, then I think it's some kind of force thing for sure. You know, so. Mm. I think it's just like a sweet Rocky style training montage. I, I mean, we're going we're going to get some like upbeat like John Williams like his version of Eye of the Tiger uh like a lot of like violins happening and yeah it's that's that's what it is okay i mean yeah maybe 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 leia sends her like planet hopping all over the galaxy mm-hmm. for her force training and mm-hmm. and they have to show that quickly uh could be i don't know so yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, no idea yeah this is uh 
as long as we are uh, hopefully able to avoid spoilers about this kind of thing, this is the mm-hmm. this is the sort of thing that I don't think we are going to be knowing anything about until the movie comes out, or that the kind of question that yeah. won't be answered until we see the movie. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm hoping, anyways, because I don't want it to be like I want to speculate about it, but I don't want to have that question answered, really. So, yeah, I mean, as soon as that stuff starts coming out in the open like i'm just getting off social media and uh going off the grid as soon as as soon as the ship starts leaking it's hard though man i mean i i saw as you did too i know we talked about it briefly but apparently there was some kind of real big spoilery photo or something leak going around like four or five days ago um Mm -hmm. and i know people were upset because like it popped up on their timelines and they weren't wanting to see that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so uh i don't think i'm in deep enough as far as like the the, the star wars dark web uh or the yeah the accounts that i follow i don't think i'm in deep enough that uh that it would pop up on mine like the the accounts that i see uh and follow or whatever i I think they would not do that but yeah but there are people i follow who are in that in that dark web and seeing that stuff yeah right and seeing it yeah right well, and it's like I almost just did it. Uh, hopefully I didn't, you know, spoil anything. Well, I don't even know if it's true, but you know what I mean? Hopefully I didn't, like, sort of say a spoiler there mm-hmm. or whatever. But, like, it's like, well, I read something so long ago. And it's it's one of those things, like, the, the, the thing that I read is something that I've definitely heard other people just kind of casually talk about. Because it's something, it's like one of the first, like, sort of spoilery things that came out about the movie. And mm-hmm. it was talked about pretty openly um, by some of the sources that, you know, leaked it or whatever. And, and so I've just heard people like bring it up like in passing conversation or whatever on podcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like one of those things where it's like at a certain point, some of the things that people have been seeing leaked and spoiled are going to have been around long enough that they'll just like not even think of them as a spoiler anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a concern <laughs> there as well, but uh-huh. all right. Well, um, <laughs> Hey, did you notice that uh, Maz Kanata is in that rebel briefing scene? Uh, no, I sh- but then someone on the internet pointed it out. Exactly, I was going to say, I sure did it, but uh, luckily somebody <laughs> drew a circle around it and, and pointed that out, so um, props to whoever that was. I I did not see the original source or whatever, or if I did, I, I don't know it, but um, but that was cool. Um, so, yeah, we don't know what she's going to, what kind of role she's going to have in the movie. I think it's going to be small. I know the Lupita, uh, Lupita Nyong'o was uh, asked about it recently and was like, well, I hope a minute, you know, that stuff can always get cut. So that's pretty telling mm. as far as like how big of a role she has. Um, but I don't need it to be big. I just want it to be cool and I want her to be in it. So yeah, uh, yeah and she's there. Definitely. She's there. So that'll be good. Um, also that glacier looking environment planet thing uh, from the trailer. Mm-hmm remind me ryan what what did we come down what side of it did we come down on when we talked about the trailer on monday night i think we um i came down on like it was like in iceberg a giant iceberg (laughs) floating in the water um but as i've kind of seen and revisited it it's definitely not that well yeah, I don't think it's that, but, like, I'm like, oh, it's in space, right? It looks like it's in space, kind of. You see, like, stars in the background and stuff, and, and it definitely... Kind I mean, of... everything is in space. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> this, remind, this reminds me of our conversation from last week when I was like, well, they didn't take it out because it was there from the beginning, you know, or whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, fine. Everything's technically in space, but this looks like it might be floating in space, in the vacuum of space, mm. you know. Um, or I don't know, though, because something it still kind of looks like a reflection to me. But it's weird because it's not the exact reflection. Like, it's definitely not the exact reflection. Yeah. So I've heard it um, referred to as, like, an ice planet, and this is just, like, you know, a part that's, like, jutting up in the in the terrain. Okay. An ice... Because it's not, like, a water-like reflection. Oh, it's, I see. It's like a like a funhouse mirror type reflection. Oh, like that's interesting. That would reflect off ice. I don't even remember which podcast I was listening to that said that, but yeah. 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 Um, man, uh, I hope I'm not, uh, yeah, I hope we don't, uh, rip off anything too, um, blatantly or like not blatantly cause it wouldn't be intentional, but I hope we don't, uh, you know, totally regurgitate some brilliant idea from another podcast without sourcing it. Uh, I don't think so, but, um, yeah, I have listened to a bunch of good ones this week. I've listened to uh, um, Scavenger's Horde, which was great. I listened to Force Material, um, yep. which was great. Um, Steel Wars did a call-in show, which was pretty uh, fun and really cool. They did that like right after the trailer came out, so that was good to listen to. Um, trying to think of what else I I checked out, but um, um, oh, blast, blast points, points, obviously. Yeah, Star Wars Seven by Seven. Cool. Um, yeah, I've listened to a ton. Yeah, <laughs> this week. I've listened to a ton. I still have more in my, uh, mm-hmm. my to do so list. Many more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people are on like their second one, and like I know oh, Sky, Sky Talkers on their second one. Right? Posted their second one. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I can't keep up. Yeah. Well, I think we did the whole like insufferably like lengthy analysis the first time around you know what i mean where a lot of shows were like hey let's just do a quick pass and then come back to it so Mm -hmm. we did like the super long version and now we're doing a quick pass back over it in the end so um at least that's how i envisioned it but uh another amazing thing oh okay uh last thing on that glacier thing though that that makes a ton of sense i really like that idea that it's like an ice planet and that it's reflecting on the ice there because it doesn't look like an exact match but then on the other hand, like it seems like underneath on the underside of that, there's like structures, like buildings and stuff almost. And it you don't see anything like that on the top. So it's very odd. I don't know um, really what to think. And almost too, like they look pixelated. Like the, the bottom of it looks almost like Minecraft looking, you know, like pixelated uh, <laughs> 8-bit buildings underneath there or something. So I'm sure like in motion and like closer up, it'll seem more, it'll be more clear like what on earth is going on there. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking uh, that could be one of maybe more than one um, locations in the unknown regions in this movie. I feel like they might finally go into the unknown regions a little bit here. Um, I've seen a lot of reference to that in, well, like we're going to talk about the Kylo Ren comic solicitation references, Luke in, in Ben Solo um, traveling to the unknown regions somewhere there. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of that in this movie, but um, 
going to a lot of places. Yeah, it seems in that this way. This movie, a lot of a lot of characters going to a lot of places. Seems that way, and that's another reason where I'm like, huh? Did Ray really go to, you know, that Star Destroyer on Jakku, or is this a way of getting more than one place without actually like, <laughs> like visiting a lot of locations from Star Wars without necessarily yeah. having to actually visit them? You know, if there's some kind of Force Vision aspect to that. So we'll see. Mm. Um, one of the coolest i think and like just unbelievable moments uh monday night as far as the discourse and and all that stuff goes and just the reaction to the trailer was phil showstack um pointing out that ralph mcquarrie had done an emperor throne thumbnail sketch in i think 1981 Uh, i'll link to phil's tweet where he is uh specific about it but uh from 1980 one or something like that for return of the jedi um and it it, i mean the the sketch itself is just like really cool and creepy looking and then to see the uh the throne from this trailer i mean it's there can be no doubt that is it you know what i mean they they definitely Mm -hmm. i mean obviously phil showstack is writing the art of the rise of skywalker book and no doubt that thumbnail is in there (laughs) and being compared to uh, this throne so you know if, if there was any source to trust on the issue it's him he's not he's not like uh i'm sure at this point he's not like oh wow that reminds me of something i looked at for return of the jedi it's more like oh i, I wrote about this in my book so i'll give you a sneak peek you know so um, yeah so that's really cool but yeah i love i love them going back to it because they go back to Macquarie stuff so often but it's mm-hmm. usually I don't know, like a stormtrooper design or something that just feels more traditionally Ralph McQuarrie Star Wars design or whatever. And this mm-hmm. isn't that. This is like creepy and almost like gothic looking and uh, ancient looking. And so it's a pretty different like vibe than most of the Ralph McQuarrie stuff that they borrow from for like Star Wars Rebels or, you know, whatever else it may be. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Um. Oh, the battle droid in Babu Frick's workshop. Mm-hmm. Much like there's that prequel connection. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I, I <laughs> you know, even um, bother to point it out because I think everybody's seen it at this point. So, whoever it was that found that, because again, I I don't know who it was. I know that it definitely was not me. Um, yeah. But like now, once I watch that, like when you watch a trailer, now I like, can't not see it. Yeah, it's not hard to see or anything, <laughs> totally. but I certainly didn't see it the first few times I watched the trailer at all until i saw that somebody else had pointed it out but um no that's i mean it's just cool but i'm i'm definitely hoping for a lot of little stuff like that you know um referencing the prequels and bringing everything together yeah yeah um okay next one i don't know i mean okay so this is what we're six days after we recorded our initial trailer reaction and when we recorded that one, I had no idea what to make of the scene of Ray and Kylo Ren destroying that pedestal with Darth Vader's mask on it, what I assume is Darth Vader's mm-hmm. mask. Uh, six days later, I still have no idea what to make of that scene, um, which I'm fine with. It's just striking imagery. But um, uh, my friend Jeremy um, earlier this week mentioned to me that he thought potentially that could be a fight scene between Ray and Kylo Ren and just like the way they you know kind of are moving or whatever they end up hitting that thing 
at the same time. Like almost they're fighting each other and like as they're fighting each other, they, they destroy that pedestal. Um, <laughs> like naughty children. <laughs> like, look what you did. You were playing, you were horsing around yeah. and you destroyed Darth Vader's helmet. Well, you had mentioned the marbles on the ground uh, in, in, in our last discussion. and <laughs> There's it, Legos everywhere. I mean, it... it it's kind of funny because like you think about it like oh okay well there's some stuff that's destroyed over in the corner that you see on the floor or whatever and so it's like did ray and kylo ren like look each other in the eyes like maybe kiss real quick and then say let's mess this room up and they're just running around with their lightsabers like breaking everything or would it make more sense that there's like stuff like that's destroyed all over the place in that room including this pedestal that gets destroyed because as they're battling one another um you know stuff is getting taken out uh, I suppose the other option is that there's like other people in that room as well that they're battling. So there's some other kind of fight going on and they're on the same side of it, a la the throne room scene from The Last Jedi. But um, but yeah, it's just kind of like one of those things where he said that and I was like, huh. Because I, I just thought, like, why would they show that scene in the trailer of them teamed up like that? Because it seems to give a lot away that I wouldn't think they'd want to give away. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I I, I wouldn't say that's my... I don't have a horse in the race, I suppose, or like, I don't feel like I know what's going on. Um, if I had to <laughs> choose, I would say, I think they're working together there or it's still the, the, the body language and, and just the way it all shakes out. It does seem like they're working in tandem rather than battling each other. But I went back and watched it a million times and, uh, I definitely think there's a possibility that, uh, Jeremy's onto something there in that they, are just having a more traditional fight scene and because the imagery and the symbolism could even end up still being sort of like the same regardless of if they're intentionally doing it together or not you know Mm -hmm. you've got like a dark side user and a light side user and they simultaneously like through you know each of their actions kind of like destroy the this relic not relic from the past but like this symbol of you know really like the first six movies, you know what I mean? Um, and the mistakes that were made at that time or whatever. So if it's like, we're watching that, you know, image play out in the trailer and thinking like, Oh wow, well this is like Ray and Kylo and they're working together. And as a result, they're going to like, you know, right the wrongs of the past or whatever. Like even if they're not intentionally working together yet, but their lightsabers strike that thing at the same time, like it's sort of the same takeaway, you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, it, I think it has different weight behind it, um, you know, depending. I'm I'm still not totally... I think more of where I'm at with it is I'm not sure if this is like... If, again, if this is like Force Vision stuff or... Um, like they're not even in the same room together? Yeah. If or if this is like a premonition mm. or a dream or something, because I think like just the yeah, I don't know, because like the Kylo wearing the mask, we know. I mean, I guess we know he puts it back together, and that you know it's something. But this is the only shot we see him with the mask, so it's really. Like, it's really interesting to me that this is the one shot that, um, you know, has the mask in it. 
Um, and then it's also, it's just, it's aside from like the marbles they spilled, it's like, it's such a sterile environment that I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I'll tell you what. And when I, when I free, freeze framed it like 600 times to try to see like, are mm-hmm. they fighting each other? Or are they working together? As it fades like from that shot into the next shot, you can kind of see like it looks like Vader's meditation chamber or something like the architecture uh, in the background there, like as it's fading mm-hmm. from one shot to the other. So it's sort of like, what is this room like this? Like Kylo, I mean, if it's the if it's the well, and you know what else is weird about it, too, is like we see him or we see that mask on the pedestal, not on the pedestal, but we see that mask like on a table or something or it puts it in a drawer. Right. Is that what it is? Or no, we don't see that in the other teaser, but we saw like leaked footage of that from, well, first like Resistance Hero Scott from the Disney uh, mm-hmm. shareholders meeting saw shareholders that. meeting, and then they showed it at D twenty three to people in the room, but not to us. Um, and it's just like, well, that's not what this pedestal thing is, you know what I mean? So what's the deal there? Because it's like, well, does Kylo have some room where he keeps his like creepy artifacts, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But like, it seems like we'd seen him put it in storage or whatever, and then. Not like, not on a pedestal. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's weird there. Um, and then the other thing that, did we even talk about this last week? Or like, did we even notice that? I don't think we did, that Ray had the dagger. Um, Like, we mentioned that there was a dagger. <laughs> um, But okay. I don't think, neither of us made the conclusion. <laughs> because obviously that's not the thing that is top of mind. For us, uh, it, it, within our fandom, I would say. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm still not making <laughs> the conclusion, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's the question of, is this the uh, the Mortis dagger? Yeah. Um, which, which I didn't remember there was a Mortis dagger uh, until people started talking about that, <laughs> you know. But I have seen the Mortis arc a couple of times, but it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I didn't remember that so well. Uh, where do you stand on that, Ryan? Um, I, where I stand is I'm 20 minutes away from making a conclusion. There is a Star Wars Explained video (laughs) that has been put up. Uh, And it's 20 minutes long? Uh, well, it's a, it's a weekly Q&A. Oh, okay. okay, Um, and one of the questions is, does Ray have the Mortis dagger? So, you know, I'm going to leave it to Alex and Molly. To let me know um, where uh, what's going on with that. Yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would certainly trust them as as the source to answer that question uh, more so than us. But I'll tell you what can I can I make a guess as to what they're going to say? Uh, yeah. I searched out images this morning of this uh, this um, mortis dagger, um, and I mm-hmm. looked at what it looks like both in Rebels and in Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. it doesn't look a whole heck of a lot like the dagger that Ray is holding. So definitely not a one to one. Yeah, like it's pretty different because it's very. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost looks like shaped like a star destroyer, like that, like kind of slender triangle type shape, yeah. the mortise one. And this thing looks like jagged and like, you know, whatever. Funky. Yeah, and it has the. Uh, I, I, you have to forgive my lack of knowledge about, the, but on the hilt, it has like the cross guard type thing. You know, um, Ray's does the one she's holding there 
and the mortise dagger mm-hmm. doesn't have anything like that either. So the mortise thing looks more like sci-fi, honestly. It looks very like kind of it's uh, futuristic kind of, or maybe not futuristic, but smooth, clean. Uh, kind of like the the Sith, uh, what do you call them, the uh, holocrons and stuff like that. You know how that's got like sort of like a sci-fi kind of look to it. It's like smooth lines and, you know, um, it looks like people that would like all their furniture would be made out of like glass and stuff. You know what I mean? That, that's like mm. what, that, that's what the that dagger looks like. And then the dagger she's holding looks more like it's out of like Lord of the Rings or something, you know? So I'm not thinking that connection is, is really there personally, but you and I sure had a conversation about it a couple of days ago over text though. Huh? Remember that? We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, God, no, it's not the Mortis dagger. You know, there's no way. Um, uh-huh. which I, still think but that's... <laughs> yeah but, that's pretty that's on brand for you i know yeah <laughs> being an asshole yeah i know uh <laughs> no like but um my yeah my kind of like point that i made which you you did a pretty strong job of refuting ryan just to let the listeners and you know kind mm. of peek behind the curtain of our text messages arguments <laughs> or whatever uh uh-huh. i was like look the uh the shows draw inspiration from the movies the movies don't draw inspirations from the show and then you said, yeah, kind of like how Kylo, I mean, kind of like how Darth Maul was not in Solo and uh, how uh, how uh, Saw Guerrera was uh, totally not in the cartoon before he was in the movie, you know, which was a pretty good touche moment on your part. Mm. But uh, I think, um, yeah, and I think with stuff like this, I think Clone Wars is, um, you know, that's one of those like straight from from George's lips <laughs> to um to our ears kind of kind of things so i i don't know i don't know maybe it like some of the clone wars stuff like holds a little more value i'm not sure yeah i think that that makes sense and and that could be the case uh I also think, though, that at the point George was making Clone Wars, like when he brought Darth Maul back and stuff like that, he was just kind of like, we're never making movies again anyway, so like might as well just go batshit like, with this stuff. Like, you know, let's just get as wild as we want yeah. to. It's a cartoon on Cartoon Network, you know? So it is straight from George, but I also think that he did things clearly with the Clone Wars that he would not have probably done with the movies and stuff. And I think he felt freed knowing, like, I'm just making a cartoon and like not that many people are going to watch it in comparison to my films. And, you know, like for the, I I don't think he thought like that uh, it would have an impact on future films necessarily when he was doing that stuff. So maybe, but I don't think George really took in ever took into account like, Oh, maybe this is too weird for a mass audience when he was making anything. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. (laughs) Have you seen the prequels? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. That is true. But, but even like, if we're just thinking about it from the perspective of JJ and whoever else now looking back at that stuff, even Dave Filoni, whoever, I'm sure Dave Filoni kind of looks at some of the stuff from, you know, like World Between Worlds, for instance, which also comes up still as something that could pop up in some of these movies, and maybe it could, but, you know, I, I would think even Dave Filoni, who I would say is, like, the creative source behind something like World Between Worlds, would would sort of say, okay, like, what medium am I, am I working in now, and, like, is this something that really works well in animation and doesn't necessarily work the same way? Like, I don't think we're going to see, if we ever do see the World Between Worlds in a movie, I don't think we'd see, like, 
a character standing on a light bridge in the middle of space with like portals mm-hmm. all around them and like you know what I mean like it kind of looks cool in a cartoon but would it in a movie like I feel like not so much you know um, those could be famous last words they very well might be but we'll see yeah. or we won't but yeah um, anyway uh, I guess what I'm saying here is that it's uh, it's an interesting idea uh, especially if you're a fan of the Mortis stuff that that could be the Mortis dagger but um, based on the appearance of it I don't think that would really be the case um, and kind of the conclusion that we came to when we were talking about it too because we were definitely on two different sides of that argument mm-hmm. I guess I could see it being like because you, you had pointed out like well it could just be something where like in the visual dictionary that's what they refer to it as but they never explain it in the movie or that's never called that in the movie and like so if you're watching the movie and you haven't seen that cartoon and whatever like it doesn't affect you because you don't need to know that that's what it is or whatever um and i, I could see them doing something like that for sure but then i you know i don't think it would probably be a significant part of the movie if that's the way they went with it you know mm-hmm. so anyway i don't think it's more staggered to you I mean, I don't know. Okay, um, is where I'm at. Like I'm, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm leaving it up to Star Wars explained <laughs> to explain it to me. A lot of power they um, have, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think like it's again because, like I said before, I don't even know if this is like a yeah, yeah, yeah. vision yeah. or whatever. Um, but it is a dagger. And, like, there's some significance to it. Like, when you have lightsabers, like, why do you need a dagger? And so it's, there's something to it. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, unless they're, <laughs> unless it's, like, a desert planet type situation where they're like, well, we have all these desert planets especially this one but let's make some new desert planets (laughs) like it's like well we have this significant dagger and we don't really use daggers in star wars but this one's really significant let's make another one yeah (laughs) like it's kind of weird yeah yeah uh but like the look of that dagger to me it looks like palpatine's throne you know it looks ancient it looks like kind of cut from the same cloth and like the mortis dagger just like absolutely does not fit that aesthetic or look like that so um but it's hard because those cartoons are so stylized like yeah yeah i guess that's true i guess that's true elliot keeps asking me why there's no dark saber toy like he really wants a dark saber toy you know and i'm like yeah (laughs) same dude okay but if they made a dark saber well, if they made a toy, they could make a toy. It just looked like a cartoon. But you know, if that thing were to ever show up in a movie, uh, I don't know, it couldn't really look just like it does in the cartoon. I mean, I guess it could, but it would yeah. really feel out of place. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I guess that's kind of what you're saying, right? Like they'd have to sort of like update yeah. the aesthetic or redesign it a little bit. Um, but it could still be the same object, I suppose. So yeah. Hmm. I was, I still want a, a Sabine figure with a that comes with the dark saber that'd be cool i don't think i don't think any of them have maybe the maybe the black series one actually but i've never actually seen that in a store no so. that, yeah no it doesn't come with it but um and, and nor have i ever seen it in a store either so yeah um all right um so last thing for me from the trailer here clean up on the trailer 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't think this is the case. I don't think this is <laughs> like what it means. But uh, you know, there's a, the, uh, yeah, I feel like for a while now, people have been every once in a while sort of saying like, "What if like in a crazy turn of events in this last movie of this nine part saga, like some for some reason the rebels and the empire or the first order in this case have to work together?" You know what I mean? Um, and I really don't like that myself because like we've had clear good guys and bad guys in, in Star Wars like all this time and for you know Hux and all these stormtroopers and everybody to just be like all of a sudden like you know what like we're on the same team now it's cool we'll just set aside the fact that you know for eight and a half movies we've painted these guys as the absolute enemy you know but now just yeah they just changed their mind and, and we're friends or whatever um, and, and I don't think it would be a that, that was a little reductive. Okay, but true. I think compared to how people are envisioning this. Well, yeah, of course. And I mean, I'm toying with the idea myself, but I, it just seems like it would be a a kind of crazy like conclusion to this saga. Uh, but then I guess on the other hand, it's sort of like, well, this is supposed to be the conclusive end, you know. And one way it could be a pretty conclusive end is if the rebels and the first order weren't like at war anymore not because one defeated the other but because like they decided to stop you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and the other reason i was thinking about this and i was like well okay like maybe there is a way that this could work is we all assume that line refers to ray and kylo um you're coming together will be your undoing but some of the best star wars lines most of the best star wars lines don't have just one interpretation or one meaning and so I was like, well, what if this is one of those really great Star Wars lines and it doesn't just mean one thing? And so it could mean Rey and Kylo, but at the same time, it could also mean like the First Order and the Resistance or something like that. And then you consider the fact that um, Finn used to be a stormtrooper and now he's not anymore. And we don't really know what's going to go on with his story in this movie. But is there a possibility that he could, you know, convince a significant chunk of stormtroopers to the stormtrooper rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and we see that's been, you know, talked about since the very beginning of this sequel trilogy. Yeah. And, and we see, um, the, those shots of like Finn and Jenna and Rose, I think, and, and, uh, those characters like riding on the, uh, Orbacks, uh, on the, on the, on what seems like the bridge of a star destroyer, which, doesn't necessarily mean anything but um it's kind of a head scratcher and um people who are have a better eye for this stuff than i do have pointed out um that you see both first order and and imperial star destroyers in these trailers so how does that work like does the same uh side control both of those storm or those star destroyers or is it something where like oh well maybe the first order is not even on the same team as the um the the empire you know if the empire exists in this movie in some way um although that made more sense to me when i thought that the sith troopers maybe although that never made sense either it's like well maybe the sith troopers are not with the first order but it's like, well, how come they look exactly like the First Order then? You know what I mean? They have the same, like, design and everything. But we know now that they work for Kylo Ren, like, their descriptions say, like, they answer only to Kylo Ren or something like that. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, again, I don't really think we're going to see, like, Star Destroyers and TIE Fighters and X-Wings and, you know, 
blockade runners like all working together on the same side in this movie uh but it's definitely an interesting thought and uh i wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility i think um what's i think there's a conversation to have that um you know i'm totally not prepared for right now but i think if we look at the 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 warring factions throughout the saga so we had um the in the prequels we had the republic and the separatists after um but obviously that was palpatine you know um kind of pulling the the strings uh making that uh what was essentially like a like almost just like brexit situation uh which could be solved with like you know votings and referendums and uh things like that even though i know the referendum is no longer very popular um but you know it could be solved you know without total war um it you know devolved into total war and that was there was kind of a clean break to that at the end because um basically palpatine had all of the separatist leaders go to mustafar and darth vader killed them all um which you know was that was basically the end of the separatist movement um and then i think um you know the empire um came down hard and took control of those um systems and then you know the empire reigned for that uh for like the original trilogy time period but then it gets really interesting once you get into um the sequel trilogy time period and um the new canon where you have um the like this there's like a ceasefire but there's still like these pockets of empire holdouts who are still fighting for the cause of the empire so there's like i there's like this strong philosophy that people have and are willing to fight for that the galaxy is better under a unified empire with an emperor and there's people who are still fighting for that um in these like in these pockets and in the meantime the new republic is um there's debate around disarmament and so a lot of these like empire controlled systems are disarming um but then like some of them are against it and um so that was like mon mothma's big um push during that time period and i think it's explored uh like in the aftermath books in bloodline um there's some interesting stuff there and then we have like the post empire people who are like adapting to life post empire and like we have and i think resistance kind of uh you know, we see some of those people like uh, Griff and Doza and, um, you know, p- 
people who were part of the empire because the empire was huge and obviously like these people need to like reacclimate to society and then the first order comes around with um a very and you know that's been building in the outer regions the unknown regions and they come back with and again i i feel like and we were talking about this a week or two ago that the the politics of the galaxy politics have not totally been well communicated in the films um and there's been like bits and pieces in the ancillary material but we're not really getting like a good pulse on um you know the the galactic politics in the um in the films but the the first order comes out of the unknown regions um you know they have these like child soldiers and they have um a very like empire-esque uh view um i would say that their uh political leanings are more on the uh fascist side of things um and we we see that the first order is like a bit more brutal um than the empire and you know because they saw like you know, they saw the Empire fall. So they're like, we're going to do things differently. Like, it's the, you know, um, the 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 Empire had, like, a, a velvet glove approach to their manipulation and, um, and like, their soft power. But, like, uh, First Order is like, we're going to straight up just, like, stick a drill through your planet, get all the metal we need for... <laughs> making guns like so that we could go use these guns on another planet um and so i guess like kind of what i'm wondering is like are people um in the galaxy being like okay good this this new first order this uh this this tea party that's coming in like oh, okay, they're they're going back to the kind of, like, politics that I subscribe to. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't need a new republic. Like, we need, we need a supreme leader. <laughs> like, so are people, like, you know, adapting to this and, like, okay, yeah, I'll go, f I'll go fight with the, with the First Order. Like, I don't, I don't want this, like, crazy, like, rebellion, like, you know, this, uh, antifa stuff happening all over the board here like i want you know i want like control like we we need stability and then so like when we're so what i'm getting to is like when we come to the end of this because obviously killing the empire the emperor did not end the empire and that's the case in the eu that's the case in the new canon like, it was pretty apparent that just killing the Emperor did not bring the end of the Empire. So, like, if, I mean, who knows if it's killing the Supreme Leader, which is Kylo Ren, which is a whole nother conversation. Uh, 
is that going to bring the end of the First Order? Is killing Hux going to bring the end of the First Order? Is what what will be the end? Or is this... Because if they're saying, you know, JJ's not screwing around, this is the end of the saga. If, if it is the end, like, you can't have that, like, ellipsis there, like... Well, the Supreme Leader was defeated, but there's still all these, like, First Order ships and soldiers out there. Yeah, uh, well, um, two things, I think. Um, Number one, kind of like what was maybe something really interesting you said right at the start there was kind of talking about, like, the uh, Clone Wars and how, like, Palpatine had really orchestrated that whole thing. And you had two different sides that they really didn't know what they were fighting for and they were being used against one another or whatever. And, you know, knowing that Palpatine's back and knowing that Palpatine is this great orchestrator or whatever, is there room for, um, you know, the First Order to realize it's been played or something? And would that be enough for it to kind of turn and, like, work with the resistance or or the rebels or whatever just because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like, wow, we we see the truth now. Um, I feel like that'd be hard to communicate in a movie like this, you know, and it would be... Even if they did, it's just like, would you then expect like once the war is over, once this final battle is over, that all those people are just going like, to get along or something? You know what I mean? So um, it kind of like still comes back to that same problem you're sort of talking about here, which is like, how do you actually resolve a galactic civil war or a galactic, you know, war like this with two, you know, sides? And, and I mean, I think that the truth of it is no matter what they do, there would always be the room to tell the story of like how does how do things actually resolve long term and like what goes on mm-hmm. long term um and then the other thing i would say is that like you know you're right that in the eu you know killing the em- the emperor and destroying the second death star didn't really end the the struggle and you know um and even you know obviously now with the sequel trilogy we see that it didn't really end the struggle but I don't think too many people left the movie theater in 1983 thinking like, well, I'm not satisfied because I know that, you know, once they killed the emperor, there's things were still going to happen afterwards or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's, it still worked as the conclusion to that movie, even though how could they write the end of return of the Jedi where there wouldn't be room to tell that story is what I'm saying. And how could they write the end of the rise of Skywalker where there wouldn't be room to be like, are we going to see every single first order officer and trooper vaporized is every single ship going to cease to exist because if it doesn't there's always the there's all you could always tell a story about a pocket of survivors who are still Mm -hmm. raising hell somewhere you know what i mean or how Mm -hmm. there's still little fires all over the galaxy that the rebels or the resistance or the new republic or whatever it is would have to go put out so i don't know you know i i I hear what you're saying, but I also think like, I don't know that there's a way to end the movie that doesn't leave that ellipsis there. If they want to explore it, they don't ever have to write a book or make a comic or a cartoon or something that delves into that. But I don't know how they could write it in a way where that would preclude them from doing it down the road if they wanted to. Thank you.
but why don't we move on to uh, discussing what's like potentially even more interesting than any of the stuff we just brought up from the trailer, which is this solicitation for uh, Kylo Ren issue number two, which will be coming out in January. Um, and uh, I guess it doesn't necessarily follow a similar line of thought as we were just discussing, but it's not completely divorced from it either. Um, and uh, man, this made a splash on, what was it, Wednesday? Thursday? <laughs> this made a yeah, big splash. I was like not on Twitter all day and like you sent this t- text and i was like wait what <laughs> like yeah yeah it's wild and then i went on twitter after i got off work and it was like it was just that was the come that was the convo yeah yeah absolutely um and i mean like the first thing i saw was the cover art and i was like mm-hmm. why is um mike from stranger things like you know fighting <laughs> the knights of ren with luke skywalker <laughs> um I I refuse to believe that Finn Wolfhard is not the reference material for this uh, version of Kylo Ren here on the cover. That is not based on Adam Driver. That is that is Finn Wolfhard. Um, okay. And I'll watch the show. You know, if they do a young Kylo Ren starring Finn Wolfhard, I'll, I'll watch it. But I really th- oh my god, yeah, that's that's totally him though. I mean, and I'm not sure who the reference is for Luke Skywalker, but I don't think it's Mark Hamill either. So. Uh, that's fine, but uh, no, I mean the cover's fine. It's it's actually really cool. Uh, but it features a Luke Skywalker and a young Ben Solo, um, battling the Knights of Ren, uh, in the rain. Um, so it's wild. Uh, it's totally wild, totally unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Do you have uh, you want to read the description, Ryan? Do you have that up? The uh, the description of what what this comic features. Um. I don't. Oh, okay. Have All right. Well, I'll read. Uh, with with, <laughs> I was trying to go for a seamless transition there, but uh, yeah, no the seams are visible. Nope. There's uh, the seams. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Kintsugi. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna really draw attention to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> with the new Jedi school in ruins and fellow students hot on his trail for the murder of their master, Ben Solo flees to the only friend he has left in the galaxy, a man named Snoke. But Snoke has plans for Ben and ideas about the Force that are as dangerous as they are intriguing for the troubled young Jedi. If Ben wishes to be truly free, the answers might lie with the dark side and with the Knights of Ren. But it won't be the first time he's tangled with the Knights. In the past, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker journeys to the unknown regions and brings young Ben along for the mission. Can even Luke Skywalker stand against the fabled Knights of Ren? Um, so that is the description for the comic and, um, and it's kind of wild. Um, I think the thing, well, let's just look at the first line. I mean, with the new Jedi school in ruins and fellow students hot on his trail for the murder of their master, Ben Solo flees to the only friend he has left in the galaxy, a man named Snoke. Okay. So there's been a lot of discussion and interpretation of this sentence with the new Jedi school in ruins and fellow students hot on his trail for the murder of their master. Uh, well, we know he didn't murder Luke Skywalker. So people are like, Oh my God, it's not what it seems. You know what I mean? Or like, it's not the, the, the version of this story that we saw in the Rashomon flashback and, and in the Han Solo narration <laughs> in the force awakens might not be what really happened. Um, which I think is very Star Wars for that to kind of like, you know, for us to learn more about the, the actual nature of what, what occurred and stuff as, as things go on. Um, 
yeah, what do you think about this, Ryan? What, what's your what's your kind of feeling on this, this first part? I mean, it's like multiple paradigm shifts happening for me here. Because, for one, I had kind of assumed that the Knights of Ren were, like, the the former students yeah. from the Academy. And, like, Kylo Ren, Ren had, like, gone and, you know, c- you know, converted them and was like, yeah, like, Luke tried to kill me. This dude sucks. Let's go do our own thing. Like, uh, and that's obviously wrong on multiple accounts. Um, because we're seeing that they thought he killed Luke and they didn't join with him. They didn't agree with him. They, the students came after him. Yeah, but like Luke says in The Last Jedi that Kylo Ren fled with a group of his students. So now are we to interpret that as like, well, he didn't flee with a group of his students. He fled and a group of the students chased after him. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be the case for sure. Uh, from a certain point of from view. From a certain point of view, but it also could be the case that like he did have some conspirators and mm-hmm. and they were killed or something well i guess not that doesn't really make sense i i I guess like based on this anyways it seems like uh it seems like yeah the survivors though luke thought they went with ben they probably didn't go with ben um but then like so so what's the deal here like with the junior jedi school in ruins and fellow students hot on his trail for the murder of their master uh ben solo flees to the only friend he has left in the galaxy okay so luke skywalker is not dead but we know, I think we know that Kylo Ren does bring that house down on him or whatever, that structure down on him, mm-hmm. whether he, ki- I mean, he obviously didn't kill him, but whether he intended to kill him or not, you know, I don't think we can look at this description and go like, oh, well, Kylo didn't even, or Ben didn't even mean to attack Luke or anything. Like, I mean, we still know that like Luke was sensing the dark side in him, you know, threatened him non-verbally or whatever but threatened him and that ben responded so mm-hmm. when ben responds like i guess now people are questioning is he the one who actually attacked the temple or could it have been the knights of ren who showed up and attacked the temple but it's weird that this would all like i don't see how this could work out where ben is still not at the heart of what happened to the temple because it's like how does this work on the night that luke skywalker walks into his bunk and is like Eh. oh shit like this dude has some truly evil thoughts in his mind i'm gonna turn my lightsaber on but not use it against him you know but think about it for a second like on the on the very night that that happens and then (laughs) in the meantime yeah and ben pulls the structure down on him all of a sudden the knights of ren just (laughs) coincidentally show up and light everything on fire and then everybody's like whoa ben did that and ben's like no i didn't i'm still like i'm i don't want to do bad things and then he runs to snoke i mean there's too much about this where it's like Mm. he he goes to snoke why because he's been communicating with snoke in a very anakin and and palpatine kind of way i assume you know Mm -hmm. where it's like anakin in the moment that he throws mace windu out that window it's like yeah he hadn't necessarily been like premeditating on doing that exact move but we also at the same time don't go you know uh oh well anakin didn't even mean to kill mace windu i mean 
he didn't mean to kill Mace Windu, but at the same time, like once he did it, boom, he did it. You know what I mean? And so I feel like I'm still, I guess what I'm, what I'm looking at here is like, this is still kind of the same thing that I thought happened, but with more interesting layers added onto the top of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I've seen some discussion where it's like, oh no, like this is like, like what happened is completely different than what we thought. And I mean, like you said, a paradigm shift, I mean, certainly from certain angles of it or certain parts of it are wildly different probably than we thought. Um, but I think other things, it's just like making it even more kind of rich or whatever, you know, by adding layers to it. Um, which I think is what it is. It's still to me a heel turn for Ben solo in this moment, you know, (laughs) but I think some people are, are looking at, especially the line Ben solo flees from the fellow students, like almost like, well, he's a victim here, you know, and he didn't, he didn't mean to do what he did or, you know, he didn't even do what he did. And, you know, it's all a case of mistaken identity or something. And I just, I don't feel like that can really be the story, but they very well may be trying to make it that much more sympathetic for him. If, especially if the ultimate result of the rise of Skywalker is that he turns back to the light if we can understand a little more why he did what he did or whatever, um, then that's going to make that more easy to digest, I guess. Yeah, I think, and that, I, that makes sense to me um, because I think we needed to understand Kylo Ren as a villain. Like we need to, we needed to establish him as a villain um, in the films and the ancillary material, but like now we're kind of at the point, and it started with the Last Jedi of like understanding how he, like the the villain's journey, essentially, and um, and yeah, there's going. I think inevitably there's going to be pieces that we're going to get where. I mean, he's the most conve- a compelling villain in Star Wars history. And we're going to keep getting pieces because it's still like, how is the son of Han and Leia an antagonist? How is he so evil? How did he kill his father, Han Solo? And like, yeah, I think we're going to get more pieces and I think like a better understanding and it's gonna be weird and hard and uh and it's going to challenge like perceptions we have and I think like um you know and like I mean you really have to like at this point like you you have to be like on board and open-minded for like what's going to be coming in the next uh basically three months um because this comic series is going to continue a little bit past the release of um the rise of skywalker and um and i think that's like that's kind of like a new uh a new sort of challenge uh within star wars yeah, I mean, really, it's gonna. You say it's gonna continue beyond the rise of Skywalker, but really, it's bar- it's gonna just barely start before the rise of Skywalker comes out. So it really is kind yeah. of a post rise of Skywalker um, comic overall. And that that's another thing too that I've seen 
some commentary that like, oh, well, you know, if there was any doubt if we're going to see kind of, you know, when and how Kylo turned in The Rise of Skywalker, this, you know, puts that to bed. But to me, I think it's almost the opposite, which is what I I think I, you know, we kind of talked about this earlier in the week via text message and stuff. But to me, reading this description it's pretty concrete proof that we're not going to see this take place in the movie because if we were, I don't think it would be something that would be in a comic right after the movie came out, but like even more so it's not something that would be released in a description like this. Like you can write a solicitation for a comic without giving all this away, you know, and, and, and they gave <laughs> yeah. it all away. And like, so if this is like some, you know, um, important scene or reveal from the rise of Skywalker, like we're not seeing it in a solicitation for a comic in October. Like they're, they're, definitely better at keeping things under wrap than that and so uh i think that the way i look at it is more like does this kind of hint at what they want to do with the character in the rise of skywalker Uh, and i think it probably does but um yeah i don't think we're going to see this in the movie because if we were they wouldn't be describing it you know so this is going to support what we see in the movie um but i think Mm -hmm. that there's not going to be room in the rise of skywalker to tell this story uh, or else they would it would be in the movie and not in this comic so yeah um yeah yeah i don't know if we'll see too many more like flashbacks to uh that night i think like you know the the film portion of that was in um last jedi in the, the yeah, last jedi right. and that's where that ends yeah um but but this whole knights of ren thing is really it's really interesting because like you know, um, he battled the Knights of Ren when he was still Luke's pupil. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it says, well, okay, he he, he runs to Snoke, um, and uh, Snoke has plans for him, um, and Snoke has ideas about the Force that are as dangerous as they are intriguing for the troubled young Jedi. So, I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of tells me, too, that Luke was correct when he was like, hey, this dude is really kind of like he's got some super dark thoughts and he's wanting to go to the dark mm-hmm. side or he's his heart. Snoke has already turned his heart, you know. Um, one of the great things about The Last Jedi is that's that stuff is left ambiguous to a certain extent because like Ray's like, no, you were wrong. Snoke hadn't already turned his heart, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. So good. Luke said he had. Uh, Ray said he hadn't. Mm-hmm. Who would know more? <laughs> I, I mean, Luke was there. You know, but then Luke's only seeing kind of what he wants to see, you could argue, whereas Ray is like more hopeful mm-hmm. and whatever. So, you know, I feel like one of the, yeah, like the great thing about The Last Jedi is there is no definitive answer to that question. And there's no definitive mm-hmm. source on that either. Even if Kylo Ren were to mm-hmm. respond to that question in The Last Jedi, which he doesn't, I don't think you could even take him as a definitive source because he's clearly yeah. evil as hell <laughs> by that point. So, you know, like he doesn't necessarily need to, uh, to tell the truth or be honest with himself or anybody else in the movie about, you know, what happened um, then. So, yeah. And I mean, star Wars are ancient, like folklore told by unreliable narrators. Yeah. Like, I mean, that goes all the way back to Obi-Wan's. Well, it was true from a certain point of view. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, I think that's something always to consider, um, you know, when, you know, getting to the quote unquote truth of like any, any Star Wars story. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think like uh, too, just on the topic of the Knights of Ren, like I, I I'm sure I'm I'm confident that like JJ and Lawrence Kaz and the story group and whoever else like they had a rough idea of like who the Knights of Ren were, how Kylo Ren was connected to them, why he took the name Kylo Ren when he turned to the dark side, and what connection there was to the Knights of Ren or whatever. So. I don't know. Like, do they work for Snoke? You know, do they work for Palpatine? Like, what is the connection there? Because it's interesting that, like, it's the unknown regions that Luke and Ben would have to go to to have this confrontation with the Knights of Ren earlier, you know? Why are they out there? I guess that's where Snoke is from, and it's also where we assume Palpatine. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's more of a Snoke thing. It's probably more of a Snoke thing than a Palpatine thing, because we know Snoke is from the unknown regions, so... um, but yeah, really, I have no idea like who they are, what their purpose is, or whatever. We just know that they're definitely dark side dudes, and it seems not the students from the Jedi Temple, like you know many of us had expected. Um, although Slimo um, on Twitter did point out a 2015 interview with um, Adam Driver this uh, week, where he said even then he's like, "No, they're a group that existed." Um, and I can't say, he's like, oh, this is hard. I can't say much more about it. But they, they're a group that already existed and that he joins up with or something. Um, so, yeah, like this kind of stuff. Like, we haven't known this story. We still don't know this story. But I, I do mm-hmm. think that, because there's always a lot of discussion, too. A lot is made of the fact that, like, Adam Driver has said, no, we've we've had an idea. We, from the first meeting with JJ, we knew where this guy's story would end, basically. Or, like, mm-hmm. we knew where this was going. Um, yeah, and that's what got him to do to take the role. Yeah, because he saw the the arc. Yes, of it. Well, yes, yeah, right. That that he knew. I the mean, that's story. that's what he said. Yeah. No, I know, but it's just yeah. like when I hear you say the arc of it, like it's like sort of. Uh, I'm I'm hearing that almost as like it's it's like gonna be a nice little story with a wrapped up bow on it kind of thing or whatever. And I think it's, you mm. know, a guy like him, like he probably. The more complex that arc is, yeah. the more interested he would yeah. be in it, you know. So. Exactly. That's why That's why he would take it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not a neat little bow. Right, right. But And because it goes a lot of places before it reaches a conclusion. Yes, yes, yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be super interesting. Um, it's going to be pretty compelling. Um I still think, uh, as I think you do too, Ryan, but uh, I still think it's going to be very much like we see the rise of Skywalker, we see the conclusion of Ben slash Kylo Ren's story, whatever that may be, the character becomes even more interesting and complex than he had been already. And then it's like, cool, let's go back and look at, you know, sort of how more of how he got to where he was. Uh, I don't think this is like the story that's being told in the movie. I think this is something that's going to support and kind of, add a little bit to whatever that story is in the movie so yeah and i think um what this kind of tells me is that um the knights of ren could only be seen in like i mean they could do more flashbacks in this film and they might only be in the flashbacks or they could be a reckoning for um for kylo they could be coming back to fight against him or alongside him yeah 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely that second part. Um, I'm hesitant to believe they could be in flashbacks only, though, because, like, um, man, there's so much more kind of out front and center in, like, the marketing, like, as far as being in toys and, you know, um, the posters and stuff like that. Um, but then also in the Vanity Fair article, you know, we see a photo of them, like, on Pasana, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it just mm. it just really seems like That's they're, yeah. they're going to be involved in the story in a, it, I don't think necessarily tons and tons of screen time, but um, if they were just going to be a flashback like they had been in the previous two movies, I think or really not even in the, in, in, in the force awakens, I don't think we'd be yeah. seeing quite so much of them, but um, it's possible, I suppose. Uh, so, so that brings me to one final uh, point, one final question wondering. Okay. So I had always thought the Knights of Ren took their name from Kylo Ren. He established himself, I'm Kylo Ren, and then these people are like, yeah, we're with you, Kylo. And that was his gang, and they're like, we're all Wrens too. Not the case. The Knights of Ren were something that existed before. Kylo joined them, Ben joined them, and then he adapted the moniker of Ren. So, first of all, what is a Ren? Yeah. And secondly, what is a Kylo? Yeah. Yeah, no idea. No idea. Um, I would guess uh, a Kylo Ren is a cool-sounding name that uh, they came up with first. And then, <laughs> like, once they were like, okay, our villain's going to be called Kylo Ren or uh, Kilo Ren. If you've watched the uh, Force Awakens behind the scenes documentary, remember Michael <laughs> Kaplan, the costume designer, like keeps calling him Kilo Ren, um, which is pretty good. Uh, and I think um, Luke, Sc- or Luke Skywalker, I think Mark Hamill didn't quite know how to pronounce it at the table reading as well. Uh, he was a little confused about that, if I'm remembering correctly. But anyway, uh, I think it's a name they came up with first, obviously. And then they were like, well, if he's got a group of dudes, let's call him the Knights of Ren, you know, and let's refer to him as the master of the Knights of Ren. Um, in other words, I-, I don't know if it's like a thing where the meaning was probably ascribed to it after the fact versus like the name was developed because of what it meant or whatever, you know, but I guess that doesn't really matter in the long term. The point is like, what, what is it going to mean? Like, how are they going to, you know, uh, do something with it? I I don't know that they would though. I mean, I guess it's my point. Like, is, isn't it enough if it's just like, well, there's Knights of Ren. And so Kylo called himself that, like he had to come up with a bad guy name when he became a bad guy. So, you know, if he's the master of the Knights of Ren, might as well have Ren in his name or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Kylo, I, I bet Kylo is not going to mean anything. I bet Kylo is just like well, Kylo. But, like, we didn't think, you know, we, we spent X amount of years thinking, like, you know, Darth didn't mean anything. And, you know. Well, it really doesn't, off. though. It's just a... It means mister, if you're really evil. You know what I mean? <laughs> Doesn't it? I mean. No, it's a Sith thing. Well, yeah, it's a Sith version of mister. If you're a Sith, instead of being called Mr. Vader, you're called Darth Vader. Yeah, but we didn't, we didn't know we didn't, that. We didn't know there was a, like a lineage or a significance. In, yeah, like in A New Hope. Um, and like same thing with like Moff and Grand Moff. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> you know regional governors like 
we didn't know that well, stuff. And like, I think we knew what regional governor meant because it's pretty self-evident. You know what I mean? Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there is a parallel. But we didn't know that a, that a moth was, you that's know, true. Uh, what it was. Did George so know I what think... it was when he named it, though, is my question. Oh. And, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, did George know what a yes. Darth was when he called him Darth Vader? I don't think so. Absolutely. I don't think he did. And I think that that's what I'm saying. They come up with this stuff after the fact. You know what I mean? So then it's like, how important is it when, like, I bet they might, they might come up with some comics or books to tell about like previous masters of the Knights of Ren, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the previous Kylos. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe, (laughs) maybe, but yeah, no, I mean like the whole thing is going to be so interesting to see like who these Knights of Ren are and how it all shakes out. But but I'm telling you, it's going to be, I really think it's going to be a thing where a lot of people are going to walk out of this movie being like, well, we still didn't learn anything about the Knights of Ren. And then that's like where this comic's going to come in. But they'll see him fight yeah. and stuff. So that'll be enough for a lot of people who are complaining about, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I don't think the movie's going to have time to get into the to the history of it too much. Um, I don't know what this movie has time for. Or what it's going to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's starting to it's with all these like extra layers and like extra locales and extra characters that keep getting revealed it's it's starting to like get a little worrisome like especially when we start thinking of like i mean how how much screen time different things are going to get like there's just a lot in this movie yeah, no, it's definitely the case, but it's it's like one of those things where a lot of Star Wars movies and stuff, uh, especially I guess specifically in the Disney era, you see like character reveals and toy reveals and stuff, and you're like, how are they going to fit all this stuff in? They're like, you know, there were so many characters in Rogue One um, or Solo and, and Last Jedi where it's like, oh man, how are they going to fit all these characters in? And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh well, I guess the way they fit them in is a lot of them aren't very important and they're just kind of you know in the background or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. I think is fine. But uh, you know, like as far as like new like actual characters go, you know, we've got uh, basically like Jana and Zori Bliss, you know, and Zori Bliss, I I don't feel like is necessarily going to be. It doesn't. I don't think she has to have like a lot of story or you know i don't think she's gonna be a super like three-dimensional character in the movie or anything you know um and uh yeah i don't know there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff like there's sith troopers and there's knights of ren and you know all this stuff but it's like it doesn't i mean it can be decoration in a lot of ways you know what i mean characters like that i feel like so yeah we'll see because yeah like we don't want to lose sight of the the core story of the sequel trilogy which i would say is the um, connection between Ray and Ben, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean um, Finn too. I feel like you know, like a lot of us, like Finn, really. I don't know, man. Like I watched The Force Awakens, and like I love Finn so much. He's, he's so great. I love Finn too. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think this movie really needs to be. We're going to get more Poe. I think like Poe is great and I love Poe, but like it's one of those things where you watch the first movie and Poe's not that significant, but then like Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. really did a great job with Poe in yeah. The Last Jedi. And so I think we'll, you know, we'll get po- Poe's a significant member of the the core group, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but I think he had his 
character arc in The Last Jedi. Like that movie, he learned to be a leader and what it takes to be a leader. Yeah, and you can make the same argument for Finn too, I suppose, where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, Finn kind of learned how to uh, choose for himself, like what he wanted his destiny to be and what he cared about. And he he learned to care about something. And, you know, so that was like... Yeah, and to choose a side. Yeah, so like that was his arc or whatever too. And I mean, obviously like Rey and Kylo, like they still have a lot of unanswered questions around them and like the primary story will be theirs. But if you think back to like Return of the Jedi or whatever, you know, Luke's story was primary, but Han and... Leia's story was important too it didn't get the same amount of screen time you know whatever but like and it didn't require the same amount of screen time but man I just I want to make I like I really want you know Finn's story to be significant I think it will be but I want him to be a significant part of this because just watching The Force Awakens it was like in that movie the big three it was Rey and Finn and Kylo mm-hmm. Ren you know and and mm-hmm. Finn was so significant in that movie and so charming and so charismatic and just like such a character that like people loved immediately that I loved immediately and and like the idea that in in the the Rise of Skywalker the focus is going to be so much on Rey and Kylo Ren and their dynamic because like the like their like the Finn and Rey dynamic is so incredible in The Force Awakens, well, and then you don't get yeah. it in The Last Jedi because they're in different places, which is fine. But like I want that dynamic back in The Rise of Skywalker, you know. I and I I mean especially if you start thinking about there being like a very very strange love triangle. <laughs> Uh, well, is it even a triangle when you throw Rose into the mix too, right? You know what I mean, like. <laughs> and and if you throw Poe into it, yeah. it's a it's a love pentagon. It's something. Um, <laughs> or a pentagram. I don't know, but uh, I mean that yeah, like we'll kind of see where that um where that goes. But I think um, yeah, it's a it's a lot, and then also just ending the Skywalker saga like there's you know that weight as well and palpatine yeah like i mean it's just it's so much yeah no yeah like yeah yeah i don't i don't know and 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 they keep describing it as like a fun adventure movie where you know finn and poe and ray are (laughs) off on an adventure together and it's like a yeah a quest to get to something before the other side gets to it and all that and it's like how yeah i think that's gonna be the first 45 minutes of that movie and then the rest of the movie is not going to be like a buck rogers serial like (laughs) well yeah 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 it could be like we don't know anything about this i mean i i feel like with the force awakens maybe not but i feel like with the force awakens at least uh by this point i was like okay i know where they are in the first third of the movie and i know where they're going to be in the second third of the movie you know, I kind of like could sequence events together. Like, mm. oh, this seems like it's early, yeah. and then maybe it's just because it was the nature of it. Because they're introducing characters and stuff, you could kind of tell like where they were going to be introduced and then where they were going to go and that kind of stuff. But like, mm. man, this movie, I have no idea, none. I mean, I assume yeah. the Palpatine stuff with like the throne and the lightning bolts and all that is you know towards the end of the movie. But other than that, like, I couldn't really tell you. Well, that's not true. I guess I feel like that jungle stuff is definitely in the beginning. So, but as far as like a sequence of events goes and stuff, it's still very unclear, which is great, but. Yeah. And so I think just kind of with all that said, like going back to your point of like, (laughs) 
if a story can be told in a comic book or in a novel, it's it probably will be. Yeah, because they don't have room for it in the. yeah. 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 Right. Um, even though like, yeah, and I, I don't think they're going to, I, I don't think they're going to retread ground that was already covered in The Last Jedi. So like, I don't think we're going to see like, I know some people were like, oh, we're going to get like the final version, the true version of what happened at the Jedi training, you know, at Luke's Jedi training commune. Yeah. Uh, And... I, do, I don't think so. No, I don't either. And like, I think, like, you know, there's so much unnecessary or annoying conversation about how, like, J.J.'s going to come in and undo stuff that Ryan did in The Last Jedi, which he's oh, definitely not. Yeah. But that seems like it almost would be one of those things where it's like, oh, well, The Last Jedi presented the fact that, like, there's always more than one side to a story and there's no objective truth to what happened there. And it depends on what perspective you were participating in that from, like, what went on, you know? Because I think The Last Jedi says, like, if you're Kylo Ren or if you're Ben Solo or whatever, like, you were scared and you thought you were about to get killed. Um, and it and it posits that if you were Luke Skywalker, you were scared and you were so scared you almost did a thing that you really, really didn't want to do, you know? And, like, there is no objective truth to that scenario. Both of those things are true, you know? I mean, it's just... Yeah. I guess the first way Luke told it left a lot out a lot. And so that wasn't very true. But mm-hmm. the, the I think the final two versions of that story we hear are both true. And so to come in and, in this movie and be like, okay, well, now we're going to give you the real version of what happened. It kind of yeah. like, it, yeah, it, it flies in the face of like, uh, what is a more interesting story that was already told in The Last Jedi, which is, hey, depends on what side of that situation you were on, what really happened. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think um and I think going into this movie, like I think about um at uh at my work we do a lot of work around like um like equity and inclusion and part of that is um you know, looking at systems that exist in our society and you know, problems in our society. And a big part of, um, you know, these conversations and this um, training that we do around this stuff is to expect and accept non-closure. And I'm really thinking about that a lot. And I think if you, like, yes, JJ's like, we're not screwing around. We're going to have a satisfying conclusion. People are saying, like, actors are saying, it'll be satisfying. It will be a conclusion. A conclusion doesn't necessarily mean that every single detail is explained and presented as absolute truth. Right. And mm-hmm. I think you can you can go back to the prequels. You can go back to um, the original trilogy. Like there's still there's still ambiguity in those movies like i just watched um return of the jedi again the other day there's still things in that movie that we don't totally know the absolute truth to and i think that's wonderful yes about star wars yes and i think that's okay to have and to like kind of keep in mind as uh you know, as we go forward and you can have your headcanon and stuff, but, um, you know, 
these are stories from a long time ago in a galaxy far far away told by unreliable narrators yeah so yep yep for sure 100 percent. and i think the people making these movies um now uh they like the rest of us spent years and countless conversations with friends like well what was like what was han's run-in with that bounty hunter on Ordy Mandrell or whatever. I think that's a pod racer, but whatever uh, planet and whatever he says, you know. Uh, or the incident on Ord Mand- yes. on Mantel. Ord Mantel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the idea that, because uh, now I feel like people would be like, oh, well, it's a plot hole. You didn't even, that you don't even know what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, thank you. That's why the movie has some level of mystery and excitement to it. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't want every single little detail to have an explanation and, it takes a lot of the fun out of it. And, and and it's one thing if they do a comic about it or they have an explanation in the visual dictionary or whatever. But, you know, for movie-going audiences and for the movie as a text on its own, you know, divorced from all that other stuff. Because I still think as much as there's a canon and a story group and everything else, like, you know, the movie's one way to view them anyways is as a story independent of all that other stuff, you know. Um in fact, that's the primary way to view them. That's how most people will view them, you know? And so uh, to have a little mystery in there is good. You know, we want that. Um, I still don't completely understand what happened with, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, the guy who ordered the clone army, uh, Sifo-Dyas. And, and I know yeah. there's some Clone Wars story or something that, like, really explains it or whatever, but it didn't make any sense to me when I watched it. It doesn't really expose it, it. explain it, yeah. yeah but, like, like <laughs> no, that's, like people would point to that and be like, that's a problem with attack of the clones. To me, it's like, huh, that's intriguing. Like, I really don't know exactly how it happened. I, I feel like Sidious mm-hmm. was behind it in one way or another, obviously, but I don't know all the details yeah. of what went down. That's okay. I like that. You know what I mean? I don't need to, but it's, it's also okay to like leave that space for other people to sure. tell that yes, story. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And then like, yeah, then it's like, Oh, well I didn't, I didn't need to know that. Well, okay. But it's, it's still like if it's a good story it's a good story. yes yeah but like when this movie comes out on december 20th um like jj has made his movie he has said what he wanted to say and he has told the story he wanted to tell and then if five years from now somebody comes in and fills in some blank or whatever that's a lot different than you know people being like well uh, they didn't explain in the last jedi where snoke comes from so therefore the movie sucks like I don't, they'll probably do a book in five years or whatever that explains where Snoke mm-hmm. came from. It doesn't change the fact that the experience of watching that movie, there's mystery to it. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, and that's what I like. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not railing against like filling in those blanks necessarily in other mediums and stuff. But as the films exist themselves, they need to have mystery in them. They need to have things that don't have every dot connected for you, and they do. So. Uh, okay, let's uh, quickly talk about some toys yeah. that we uh, we had revealed this weekend. Um, some new Black Series figures and some new Vintage Collection figures, Ryan. Yeah, so we're getting some, uh, some Attack of the Clones love <laughs> here, uh, which is always, always welcome in, in this house. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're getting a... Um, mullet obi-wan um from from attack of the clones uh-huh. looks uh, good looks great yeah, looks, really good. looks great yeah. i love it and we're getting uh a cal kestis uh anakin skywalker from uh uh attack of the clones as well so like 
mega dorky yeah. <laughs> attack of the clones anakin yeah. um with uh with his bad like zach morris hair um I, actually it's worse than zach morris hair um, it's worse than the coolest but, haircut that like anyone's ever had okay that that's, that's a meaningless true. statement yeah. but all right <laughs> the only thing that tells <laughs> yeah. me is it's not the absolute coolest haircut that anyone's ever had but other than that it doesn't mean i mean it could be so many things right yeah 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 i love yeah. preppy's hair um, but anyway all right yeah um but he's uh these look fantastic they look just like um their characters in attack of the clones can can i say for the record as somebody who can't grow hair too i would love to have either obi-wan's mullet or uh, hayden christensen's (laughs) weird preppy uh haircut like i would i would take either in a heartbeat uh but no they both look great right they both look fantastic yeah yeah and then we have a um cara dune uh, vintage collection. vintage collection because we've already seen Fiction. not in stores but we've seen on a live stream a Cara Dune black series figure mm-hmm. which is on the way presumably sometime this year um but yeah there's a vintage well, collection <laughs> it'll be either in a Walmart in Oklahoma today <laughs> or in a Ross in a year and a yeah, half okay all right <laughs> those are the only two places these figures can exist yeah yeah <laughs> no, but uh, you know, we've got like the vintage collection, uh, ATST or whatever that is from the Mandalorian, um, and then like basically only Black Series Mandalorian toys, right? Like what? What? Yeah. There's a. You know, are there any? There's no vintage collection Black Series figures out yet, right? There may be some announced in the second wave of of uh, this year's vintage collection or this like fall's vintage collection, whatever wave that would actually be called, but Wave Seven or something. Um, but yeah, basically, like they put out two uh, Mandalorian Black Series figures and then a vintage collection ship, and it was like, okay, this is weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's good to see that we have a vintage collection Cara Dune on the way, uh, which also looks really good. I mean, here's the thing: like, I was looking at this link from the Yak Face forums that you um, included in our show notes, and like, even the people at Yak Face sometimes look at these pictures and they're like. Wait, am I looking at a Black Series figure or is this vintage collection? Yeah. Like, it's, like the sculpts are yeah. really, it's not that they're the same necessarily, but like, yeah, they, they can look very similar and it can be hard to tell. So, um, Especially when you're just seeing a picture yeah. and you're not actually seeing the figure because you don't know scale. Because the obviously like the, the Black Series figures are six inch. Um, they have less articulation. Uh, the uh, vintage collection figures are three and three quarter inch and they have more articulation um but so then they also revealed a six inch knight of wren um Mm -hmm. which is a different knight of wren than the vintage collection knight of wren that we currently have yeah this is the hockey player the hockey player um it's not the rugby player right 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 so yeah so it's a different knight of wren um which mm-hmm. looks cool, but you know, you would expect it it would, considering it's a masked figure, you know, for Yeah, and it's just black leather. Right, right, right. So they, <laughs> Everywhere. they were able to accomplish yeah. that, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, also uh, also a six inch yeah. uh Zori Bliss, which looks great, um, as well. Looks Again, so good. Yeah. You know, as long as the yeah. paint apps and stuff are, are good, you would think um this mm-hmm. one would be as a helmeted figure, not too tough. So yeah. she looks good. And what's exciting what's exciting about the six inch um black series uh 
Zori Bliss is you can there's more room for detail on her guns. Okay. Um I love the vintage collection Zori Bliss figure, but like her um her guns are tiny and there's not much room for like a ton of sculpting on them because they're tiny. Okay. And in this one, like we can really see like the just like the crazy um I don't even know if if it's like engravings or exposed wires or mm. whatever, but she has like these revolver esque pistols, but they're like space revolvers and um they're so cool. Yeah. Like I, I I love her guns and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, that she's just she's awesome. Yeah, they definitely look good. And then the one that maybe is uh it's funny, I'm not a Boba Fett guy, but the one that's maybe most exciting to me too is uh <laughs> is this uh, vintage collection Mandalorian figure as well? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I did I did get the Black Series Mandalorian, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you did as well. Uh, you got the yep. carbonized one, didn't you? Yeah, I ended up selling oh, it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't, didn't like, like it. The carbonized thing. Because <laughs> I just, yeah, I just like I like the regular one gotcha. better. Gotcha, so. gotcha, cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, I'm I'm more into the vintage collection line at least right now than I am the Black Series. So I'm I'm excited that. Uh, Mm-hmm. This is on the way, um, and uh, I um, I myself picked up a uh, Poe Dameron um, vintage collection the other day from from nice. this recent nice. wave. So I, I still yeah. need to get best uh, best three and three quarter Poe Dameron face. Oh sculpt, yeah, I'd I would say. say best face sculpt yeah. period for Poe Dameron because there's never been a good looking black series. Sure. I would say so. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, they that's they fair. all look weird. Um, so. They all do look weird. Yeah, so uh, no, this this one looks good, and then so I just need to get the Sith trooper, mm-hmm. the Sith jet trooper, and uh, the Luke, mm. and then I'll be uh, complete on this little line. So I know a lot of us, uh, oh, nice. yeah, we're complaining about um, you know the lack of of new product and new figures and stuff on Triple Force Friday, but uh, which I think is you know valid and you know whatever. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like it's kind of nice that in the last like almost and it hasn't even been a month yet, but in the last, you know, three, four weeks or whatever, I've been able to kind of just like week by week kind of fill out that, that wave, you know? And if another mm-hmm. wave comes like mid-November or something, I will probably have this one complete and then I can start, you know, kind of picking away at those ones too, so. Um, yeah, they've been doing like, I mean, we have complained about this, rightfully so, a lot on this on this show, but um, Hasbro's been doing a great job keeping the shelves stocked. Yeah. Um, they've been restocking at uh at my local target um my local walmart is a hot Mm. mess but that's just like that's just the natural state of walmarts i Mm. think um but like my target has like you know there's um every time i go in there they have like um you know some some figures in this new line yeah up and there doesn't seem to be any real the only figure I see that seems to be like weirdly the only real peg warmer is the vintage collection Luke. Yeah, that's the one I see the most. Well, I I don't I wonder how they packed him. Uh, but yeah, he is the one that that is the easiest to find I think because he's not from the new movie. You know what I mean? And so yeah, but um, I, I'm sure he was probably packed heavier than well, I'm not sure, but I think he was probably packed heavier than say like the Knight of Ren. Which is insane because, yeah. like, what's everybody going to want? You know what I mean? Like, I knew for sure the hardest Black Series figure to find would be the Mandalorian. He is. Um, and I knew mm-hmm. that uh, the Knight of Ren would be the hardest to find vintage collection, and he is. Um, and it's just like, 
you know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. I also see on, on the Black Series side, our our idiot son, Cal Kestis, is... Oh, he's sticking around. Is hanging he's out. sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's hanging out. Yeah. Um, and maybe... And that may change once exactly. the game comes out and people are like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I know this. Uh, one thing that uh, I was happy to see, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to spend the thirteen dollars or twenty six dollars on Wednesday when I was there or Thursday, but um, my comic book shop had uh, like one or two each of uh, the wave of the vintage collection figures when I was there on mm. Wednesday or Thursday. So um, for nice. twelve ninety nine, you know. So uh, not yeah. sure, you know, what the story is on that. Probably whoever they get their product from or whatever kind of just sent them out i guess i don't know um but uh that's but good. yeah so that might be an option for me too because um, i i don't think yeah. i see the um the sith jet trooper at my target or anything although real quick uh my target though um because we kind of complained about that uh on the triple force friday um the first post triple force friday episode my target's got a really pretty solid display in the middle of the store in that like showcase area in the middle of the store of Star mm-hmm. Wars stuff, like it's a lot more than. I don't think they really had it up necessarily Triple Force Friday right away. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff there. They have a big like lots of toys out there. Um, I mean, the Galaxy of Adventures ones are the ones that are most present, but they've got Lego, they've got mm-hmm. Vintage Collection and Black Series, um, lots of T-shirts, the Blu-rays. Yep, the Blu-rays, posters. Um, there's even like a mm-hmm. wooden like Millennium Falcon sh- uh, shelf, like a wooden shelf that you can mount on the wall with a. Oh, weird. yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff out there. Nice, nice. Um, also, right now, um, I just saw today, um, Star Wars figures are a buck or two off at Target. Really? Oh, yeah, just throwing that okay. out there. I saw Yak Face tweet it. Okay. So, um, vintage collections are eleven ninety nine. Ooh. Black series are seventeen ninety nine. Nice. Yeah, so I got bit by the that's two dollars yeah. off, huh? For Black Series, yeah. I got bit yeah. by the uh, Tops trading card bug when I went to Target the other night. I, I bought a pack oh, of those cards, yeah. and they are sweet. Oh I yeah, get one of those yep. for sure. I've been the the Rise of Skywalker yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, I've been uh, I've been hitting those as well. They're done in like the vintage design, mm-hmm. like. Thick cardstock, yes, they look really yeah. good. Um, it took me back, man. Yeah, Just seeing stills from movies on a card like that, like it was really, I'm into it. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to like start getting like when we got those tops, uh, the 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 books that came out from what's uh, Gary mm-hmm. Gaiani, I think is maybe the name of the editor. But when those books came out, I was like so into reading those books and looking at all those cards, and I really wanted to like start, you know going back and finding card collections and stuff which i i want to do but yeah these these are great i'm I'm pretty into them so they're they're fun and there's uh there's autograph chances um as well which is uh pretty exciting i think um i think they're probably the last uh last carrie fisher autographs oh wow wow yeah Um, because like what they do is they, yeah, they have, um, they have the actors sign a sticker and then the sticker goes on the cards later. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's been the, the tops approach for. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, last thing here, Ryan, do you want to talk real quick about these comic reveals? Um, 
Yeah, so one is we saw the, uh, what I assume is the, well, it's it even says right here, not final cover, but it is a, co- a image um, for Star Wars Darth Vader number one. Um, it's written by Greg Pak. It's another Darth Vader comic series. Um, <laughs> there's always going to be one of these on the shelves. I've accepted it. We've been fortunate. The first two are actually shockingly good. Um, but there's always going to be a Darth Vader comic series on the shelf. That's just how it yeah. is. Um, whatever. M- uh, more exciting to me is uh, April 2020. So it's a ways off. But uh, Star Wars Dr. Afra number one. So Dr. Afra is getting rebooted. Um new creative team um Alyssa Wong is writing it which is um she's a writer I'm not familiar with I haven't read any of her stuff um but looking at her Twitter she seems cool it's nice to have a female creator writing a female character um and I mean, I love what Kieran Gillen and Cy Sperrier did with Dr. Aphra. Um, it's still my favorite Star Wars comic. Um, but it is nice to like finally have like a female writer writing a female character. Sure. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And then Marika Cresta is um, an artist who I'm not familiar with. Um, the cover here is by. Uh, Valentina Reminar, Reminar, uh, who I'm not familiar with. The cover looks great. Um, I like it a lot, but, um, I do hope that we're still getting Afra covers, um, from, oh my god, I'm just, I'm just blanking on her name, uh, Ashley... Oh no. Um, whoever's been doing okay. the um, Dr. Afra covers um, lately, because they have just been phenomenal and I love them so much. But, anyways, Dr. Afra coming back, new number one. We don't know what time period it's going to be. Um, d- looking at this cover image, it doesn't. I can't really tell if it's. Um, she seems older. Um. So I'm not sure if we're going to start getting into like a different time period with her or these will be flashback stories because who knows, um, she's got to die at some point, but, um, yeah, like this is exciting that this series is continuing. Um, we have a woman writing it. We, um, have a new number one, so it'll be a great jumping on point for people and, uh, April 2020 that's the that's kind of the um you know it's something to look forward to in Star Wars comics uh moving forward so into 2020 is going to continue to be an exciting year for Star Wars even though everything kind of ends this December yeah 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 yeah. so the comics are resetting a little more quickly than the movies are and uh some of the other material Mm -hmm. but um but a reset nonetheless post uh, Rise of Skywalker. So 
Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. So um, we will be back next week with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. But until then, uh, you can catch everything we do at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, email us at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com or um, comment on Twitter at Blockade Run. Ryan, you're on Twitter at... Uh, Braundorf, B-R-A-W-N-D-W-A-R-F. All right. So uh, thanks very much for watching and or listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs>